opportunities do present themselves. And if you're open to them, you know, your whole life and experiences have been preparing you for that moment. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey all, welcome back to Small Minded. Today's episode is just so fulfilling. So not only do we have two guests for you today, these women are just so awesome. Like I so admire them as people and in the work that they're doing. And I don't know if it's too forward of me to say this, but also the movement and the rethinking and the reshaping that they're doing as we as people consider what it means to work and live and have balance in between those. And also, I've had the opportunity to work with these women and their business on a client aspect here at MKM. So I've been able to get to know Brooke and Lindsay of The Restoration Project over the last several months. And man, their work at The Restoration Project is so important. They are helping businesses from small to large and corporations really get in touch with the personal side of their teams, understanding what are the gifts that these people bring to the table? How do we get everybody working together? And how do we make sure that we are working towards fulfillment and uniting our vision and our mission in everything that we do? And you'll hear in the episode that you know, a lot of times as business owners, we get so caught up in the day-to-day and the checking off tasks and having things planned just so that sometimes we forget to look up, recenter ourselves, recenter our team, get in touch with what people are experiencing on the front lines and customer service, and really taking all of that into account as we move forward with our businesses or our community organizations, et cetera. So in today's episode with Brooke and Lindsay, you'll hear how they are approaching that perspective, how it's very impactful and timely right now amidst the current atmosphere and the work and labor shortage of this time period. And you're just going to fall in love with them as people and how awesome and energetic and inspiring they are. So without further ado, let's dive in and help me welcome my guests, Lindsay and Brooke of The Restoration Project. Guys, I'm going to get a little personal with you right now. As a business owner and a mom, I've learned that I need some time for myself each day that is set aside just for me to focus and be. I don't have to process client requests or emails, no moms, and nothing that I have to respond to in the moment. For some, me time might look like a bubble bath or reading a book or chilling with your favorite series on Netflix. But for me and about 600 other women, it looks like sweat-inspire sisterhood an online fitness membership and community of women that allows me to get stronger and healthier from the comfort of my own home. Every day, you'll find me in my basement, either before the kids wake up or after they're in bed, so I can have 30 to 40 dedicated minutes to myself to work on myself. 
Sometimes that looks like strength training with my dumbbells. Other times it's a 40-minute HIIT workout where I burn 400 plus calories. Sometimes it's yoga. Other times it's Zumba or a treadmill class. But in addition to the daily live workouts and the library of pre-recorded workout options, Coach Erica at Sweat Inspire Sisterhood also puts together weekly meal plans, grocery lists, and recipes. You heard me recipes to help me keep my nutrition in line with my goals. If you want to learn more about the sisterhood and try it absolutely free for seven days, head to sweatinspiresisterhood.com slash small-minded. That's sweatinspiresisterhood.com slash small-minded for seven days of workouts healthy recipes, encouragement, motivation, friendship, and fitness at absolutely no cost to you. Sweatinspiresisterhood.com slash small-minded is where it starts. Psst. If you'd like to hear a little bit more about Coach Erica, her story, and how she's grown the sisterhood into a movement, head to episode 27 of this podcast. I am so pumped to have these two ladies with us this week on the podcast. Please help me welcome Lindsay Leahy and Brooke Fitzgerald of the Restoration Project. Hey, ladies. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, my gosh. Thank you guys for taking the time to do this. I love the energy you bring to the room at this time. It's the Zoom room. But I love the energy that you guys bring and the purpose that you guys have behind your business. And I'm so excited to share that with listeners this week. Thank you, Molly. We love you. And you have been such a gift to us working with you over the last few months. So we are pumped to talk more in this setting. It's going to be fun. Oh, so fun. Yeah. And we can dig into that too. I don't think I had that on the prep sheet, but we can talk about like the different ways you guys have used social media in recent months and the results that you've seen from it. We can, we can plug that in later in the interview, but let's dive into like learning a little bit more about you two. So can you guys start off introducing yourselves and then transition into telling us a little bit about the restoration project and what you guys do? Hit it B. All right. (laughs) I'll start us off. Uh, I am Brooke Fitzgerald, and I'm the energy builder of the Restoration Project, so I bring the energy to the room, also known as the co-pilot of this plane that we're flying. Um, I have background in uh, commercial real estate and restaurant management, did a lot of restaurant management in college. We're both actually Mount Mercy alumni. Go Mustangs. Go Mustangs. Yeah. Um, restaurant management experience in college and then uh, afterwards and commercial banking experience. I owned a fun little coffee shop called the early bird for about nine years prior to about that. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yep. So I was the top chickadee before I became the energy builder. I have fun tag (laughs) handles. Um, And uh, during COVID season last year in 2020, I had closed the early bird, which is a completely other set of a journey that I had been on. And I came alongside Lindsay to partner with her on the restoration project because she had uh, started that in the fall of 2019. So she's about six months or so into the business. And I came alongside her and here we are. Glad to have a co-pilot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm Lindsay Leahy. 
I founded the Restoration Project in November of 2019. And um, before that, mostly in sales, mostly a career in sales. So I helped build a business unit within Great America. That was super fun. Then I did some economic development membership work for Cedar Rapids for a couple of years, then worked for a CPA firm. And then God put it on my heart that I'm supposed to be serving people in a different way. And so I went on a journey, uh, took some time off. Thank God, my husband, I came home and I'm like, Mitch, I think I'm going to move from sales to being a missionary or a minister. And he's like, what? (laughs) And so he's like, Hey, how about you just take some time off to figure out what this thing is? He, God bless him, believes in all of my dreams. I'm the dream builder for the restoration project and I'm glad to have him behind me. And so, um, yeah, I hired a couple coaches and worked through what this really looked like. And then the restoration project was born. And so we're a firm that specializes in conscious life leadership and organizational development practices. So we really take a holistic approach to coaching individuals and consulting organizations to live, lead, and work with meaning. And so it all comes back to a lot of people use the word purpose and we kind of try to stay away from that, but it's whatever your situation is really finding meaning in that. And for organizations, Um, What I saw and what this dream was born out of was leaders um, leading out of a place where they didn't really understand who they were, um, and maybe their intentions and their actions were not aligned, and then organizations making decisions that weren't um, necessarily aligned with their intentions. You know, they were putting money over people and some of those kinds of things. That's what we're really passionate about. And we do most mostly work locally. We're really passionate, both of us, about the community, and we're really involved in the community. So we're just trying to build the strongest leaders and organizations in the corridor that we can. I love that. I feel like, okay, let's wrap the interview because we just (laughs) (laughs) hit all the high notes. Um, I just think it's so, so cool that you guys took what was on your own hearts and turned that into something that helps others, not only in businesses and organizations, like you said, but developing leaders in all sorts of journeys throughout your area. And I love your live, lead, work with meaning and making sure that what you're doing aligns with your ultimate goals. Because so often inside large organizations, there are a lot of people involved. And so those like those tenants of your mission, sometimes those can get lost or they aren't brought into the decision-making process. And then as a small business owner or a solopreneur, like sometimes you are just so busy in the day to day that you look up one day and you're like, where was I going? So I think that your intentions with the business are so, so honorable and very much needed right now in 2021. Yeah. The pandemic was so scary. Like I was like, God, why'd you call me to do this? And then this happens. (laughs) How am I supposed to try to build a business? And I, this, this whole time, I thought I was going to be a solopreneur. You know, I was going to be doing this consulting and coaching kind of on my own, but it has been, it has opened so many doors and allowed our team to grow quickly, but stay rooted in those same things. Like, why aren't, we've had a lot of conversations about why are we doing this? What does this mean? How big do we want to get? How, how do we want to spend our time, mm-hmm. each person in the team? And the pandemic really opened those doors because people were starting to, you know, just think about doing things differently. And now it's 
going back to the basics for, with a lot of our clients. We're going back to vision, mission, values. Are these still valid? And the way that we work, does it still work for us or not? And work for our clients or not? And it's been yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, how do we show up every day? You know, I think before the pandemic, we were just like you were mentioning or re referencing there, Molly, we were just going through the motions, yeah. you know? You were microscope, just head down in it, and you're on autopilot based upon all the things, right? Conditioning and all, all the stuff. Um, and the pandemic gave us a chance to take the microscope out to that telescope view and go, whoa, where am I? Why am I even here, you know, in this space? And so there's just a lot of transition and transformation happening just because of the pandemic. Um, and we've been able to be alongside mm -hmm. leaders through that transition. And that's been really and fun. Cross those personal and professional boundaries. Like this is, I think, where we're a little bit more unique. And when people ask us what's different, it's really that holistic approach. We see that your individual, your personal life does affect your professional life and your personal biases and experience and whatever that is comes into play in the workplace and we need to be having those kinds of conversations so that we're making the right decisions and doing the right thing for the group and for mm -hmm. the organization overall based on that. And the pandemic, again, because we were invited into people's living rooms <laughs> through Zoom and into <laughs> their bedrooms, we are having more and more, like people aren't resistant to it. At first, like pre-pandemic, I remember when I was trying to discuss what this was with people, they were like, that's kind of weird. I don't really understand. And now there's this new, like, open acceptance to what we're trying to do because of the pandemic. So mm -hmm. thank you, God. We don't want to wish a pandemic on anyone. Let me be clear, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So when you were talking about, like, when the business got started and when you really, like, said, okay, this is the path I'm going to pursue. My next question was going to be, oh my gosh, how did the pandemic affect that? But it sounds like it offered a lot of your target market almost like a reset button. And I felt that way too. In the first months, I almost feel like time slowed down. Like if we think about March of 2020, when it really got serious around here, mm -hmm. I think about those first couple of months of like March, April, May, and time really slowed down. Like I didn't have as much work on my plate. I was able to like spend time in the middle of the day with the kids. We did science experiments and we baked and stuff like that. And I think that as organizations and companies, they also had that reset option where it was like, okay, maybe we don't have like the time frames and the time crunches and all the things on our plate like we did even a couple of weeks ago. So maybe now is a good time for us to reevaluate where we're at mm -hmm. and get clear on where we're going. And so that really did align well with your mission at the restoration project and allowed you to be very timely for the people that you're choosing to help. Yeah. yeah. It, the, the hardest part, Molly, is, and this, we're very set in our values. And so when we evaluate client opportunities, value alignment is number one. And there's not a lot of people that are courageous enough. Like some people are even yucked out by the word restoration. Well, I don't need fixed. I don't need any work. I don't, you know, or my company, we don't have any issues. So we really attract the type of people that are willing to look in the mirror and see that there's always room for improvement. There's always room for restoration. And there's no shame in that. Like we just want to be the best that we can be. And so it's been humbling for us to see how many leaders 
coming out of the pandemic are willing to have those courageous conversations and say, yep, we have room for improvement. I have room for improvement or I need support or somebody from the outside Mm -hmm. to give me perspective on this. That's been amazing. I know I work a lot with individual uh, clients and because of the pandemic, we had an opportunity to stop and have space to think and be. And the monthly conversations that I have with clients, it allows them time to just have an hour to themselves to focus on themselves. What's going on in here? What am I believing right now? What's happening around me? You know, and just open dialogue to process and I can hold space and have that outside perspective to, you know, get back into the world of what they're doing at that time. Yeah. And that's so important. I guess I can speak to that as an entrepreneur because like you just are so caught up in all of the things on your to-do list and it can be really hard and feel like you're losing momentum when you even take an hour of your day to do something that's not work. That's not going to have a tangible result. But if you let that happen day after day, week after week, month after month, you're going to experience the feeling like we talked about earlier, where all of a sudden you look up and you don't know if you're still in line with your mission or with your values. And you really run that risk of burnout and getting so like annoyed almost with all of the things you have to do. So it's important, like you said, to have a space, have a trusted person or people that you can go to, to just, even if it's not getting like quote unquote business advice or guidance, Mm -hmm. still having what you guys offer as far as just someone to talk to about the personal and professional things that you're going through and how to work through those feelings. And then when you get back to work or family time, you come out the other side so much better. Yeah. 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 We practice what we preach on that. I mean, we see Mm -hmm. a coach often. So Brooke and I each individually, and then together, because we need that too. When you're in it, you can't, you just, no matter how good you are, when you're in your business, you can't see what other people can see. I mean, that's been the beauty of working with you, Molly. You see mm-hmm. us and you speak things back to us that we're like, oh yeah, but we're so in it. You know, we can't see it. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally, yes. You, you get so, it's like everything is right up at your like tip of your nose and you can't, what's that saying that always confuses me, like see the forest for the trees or whatever, (laughs) but it's like, yeah, you don't see the big picture because you're just so on a micro level when sometimes you have to take that macro view or have the outside opinion of someone else. Yeah. That's been my shift in coaching, like in understanding it's not about needing help or needing support. It's about a desire to be the best you can be. And knowing that part of that journey requires an outside perspective, you know, that's all it is. Yeah. So when you guys, well, okay. So let me back up a second. So you talked about the formation and like the concept behind it. You said that Brooke came on in Brooke. When did you come on in early 2020? May of 2020, May of 2020. Okay. And then your team has continued to rapidly expand. And what I love about your team is that as every person comes in, much like you guys introduced yourself as the energy builder and the dream builder, you have little tags for each person that focus on what they individually are really good at and can bring to the table. So I'm interested to hear, how did you grow this team? 
And how did you realize what each person was good at so that they could offer that to clients? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Well, um, I think one, when Lindsay started, you know, she thought it was going to be the one man band, you know, and then when you're open and doing the work, uh, such as Lindsay and I have been doing for the last few years, when you're open and connected to the, the greater purpose or the greater meaning of your life and not so focused and deep down in the, into the weeds, opportunities do present themselves. And if you're open to them, you know, your whole life and experiences have been preparing you for that moment. And that truly is how we came, uh, how we came alongside each other. I saw the opportunity and I asked me and I was like, what, (laughs) what? Yeah. That's like a dream come true. (laughs) I didn't, I mean, that's the crazy part. I'm such a planner and none of the, I don't want to say that we don't have a plan. We have a vision. But like Brooke said, we've been very slow and discerning in all of this. Like, God, what's your part in this? And what do you want this to be in listening and looking at signs? And yeah. So then when Sarah, our calm creator came along, she came along in November. Calm creator. That's what we needed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is a hot mess express at at the top. And it was going real fast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But understanding that Again, as entrepreneurs and as leaders, we oftentimes take on way more things than we actually should be doing. And so Lindsay and I were finding, okay, what are the things that we really don't need to be doing, you know, that are taking time away from connecting with clients or energy draining? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so that's really where Sarah came in. She uh, does a lot of project management for us. Uh, We rehauled our website. This year, for example, we launched Meaningful Merch this year, um, and she is behind the scenes doing all of those types of things for us and keeping us on track. Uh, We just hosted a women's retreat this past weekend. You know, she sets up our Zoom calls and makes sure that we're on track with, okay, here's all the things we need to be doing. Who's doing them, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's, it all comes back to, we do regular regroups. So we do quarterly retreats, just the two of us, and then we do monthly like in-depth team meetings and it's always coming back to okay who do we want to be and how do we want to show up and are we doing the right things and we're always regrouping on Mm -hmm. is this fun are we making money um is this aligned with our values are we letting god do his part in this and that's where it's like well no we weren't because we were both doing too much and we weren't focused on clients and so that's how sarah our calm creator was kind of born And then Heidi, Heidi. Yeah. So then we had, you know, I think it was in January of that year, I was hiking with Heidi, our um, fourth person. And she, it was on her heart to leave the corporate world. She's really drawn to what we're doing and we're friends. So we knew from a value standpoint that we were very aligned. And so, so we started kind of talk, Brooke and I started talking about this. Okay. What about Heidi? How could this work? we're growing, we're needing more. And we were evaluating our target market and the clients that were coming to us. And a lot of them were larger, more strategic and corporate opportunities. Heidi has that experience. Um, That's not something that Brooke wants to pursue. And I was kind of at capacity at that point. And so we were having to put people on a wait list or turn people away. And 
So this was uh, months of talking among all of us. How is this going to work? And getting really specific about what Heidi's role would be. And um, so then, yeah, she came on in May. Yeah, it was May or June, I think. So that was six months of being very careful about how and having really candid conversations. I mean, we we try to almost scare people away. (laughs) (laughs) Owning your own business is not easy. And what we're doing is extra not easy because some people don't understand it or they think it's um, it's new conceptually to bring in these concepts of conscious leadership and conscious organizational development. So it's really difficult. It takes a lot of work. Um, not only to just to build the business and then actually execute with clients and we're growing and we're figuring it out. And if you're a person that needs to know what's going to happen next, this Mm -hmm. is not the team for you because we need to leave space for God to do his work. And we don't know what that's going to look like. So you have to be comfortable in the gray. So that got us to to Heidi. And then, um, Monday we're announcing a new team member. So (laughs) I love that. I'm so excited to hear more. Yeah. You saw it here. Yeah. On Molly's podcast. Yep. So this <laughs> same process. It was like, okay, what are we enjoying? What are we not enjoying? What do we need as from a business and as a team? And it became pretty clear that um Brooke and I are spending a lot of time on business development, filling seats, and it, we're anticipating launching a lot of our own programs and workshops in 2022. So we'll be hiring a business development and program development person who will be our community builder. So Heidi is our vision builder and she really helps us like slow down and build out. So I have the dreams. She helps us build out like the plan and then Brooke helps with execution. You know, if you would think about it that way in like a strategic planning process. And then um, Jessica will be, I mean, she loves to be in the community. She's worked with us. She's brought us clients. She totally understands our business. God's been real good to us. I love this because there are, times, like you alluded to, where you have this idea and you want to build it, but to take it to a business and then a sustainable business requires a lot of hard work. And like you talked about, especially in some of these concepts that are new, but like to bring it back, how our conversation started about the pandemic and how people are viewing things differently. Like this might be a new concept, but it's really show like I see it everywhere, how this is such a need and something that people are learning or looking for. Mm -hmm. So when you're building this out as the person behind the business, like you said, it takes some courage. It takes being comfortable in this. Well, I'm going to build this plane as I'm flying it and being really open to feedback about what's going well and where can we be improving? And I love the process you talked about in terms of making sure things are fun, that you're honoring your business goals and your mission and your values, making sure that it's still a profitable business model and then building in support where it's needed, because that is such a key to growing a business that not only takes off, but becomes sustainable by addressing that you're still having fun, that you're still making money and that you're still serving in the vision and the mission that you intended to. I love that. And we wouldn't like literally Molly, we would not be on this podcast had Brooke not come alongside me because she is the slow down, like let's build this in a way that we can have a good life and 
have a good business. And we have to do that because we have to show up a certain way to do the work that we're doing. And I don't, that's not me. Like that is something I'm still practicing. And so I'm so grateful to have a partner who pushes me and is like, Lynn's you're doing, this is not sustainable, you know, and slows down. She's so good. She's like, it's not a no, it's a not right now. Put that in the parking lot. Lots of things in the parking lot. <laughs> but then the beauty of that is and this is again so I, I'm so grateful to have her because I will have ideas and we're still working on this right mm -hmm. this is a partnership and what that means is I'm going to have ideas but she has this energetic bigger than life knowing of things that maybe it's not the right time or maybe it's not the right idea and what had started to happen was I would have the ideas and because I founded the business or whatever, she would defer and then it would, we'd move forward and then it'd be like, oh, this isn't working when she knew all along that it wasn't going to work in her gut, but she didn't speak that out loud. And so now we're working on that beautiful relationship where it's like, Linz, just trust me, this is not for us or it's not right now, or it's not the right idea. Mm -hmm. And that has allowed us to do some really amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's a testament to what you guys are doing with your clients. You're going through some of those same conversations with them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Honoring gifts and yes. that everyone's gifts are valid and good. And it's just, it's so counter corporate culture, you know, like there's such a hierarchy and we're really trying to build our team and our business in a way that honors every single human and the gifts that they bring around a set of values in a different way that I just have always wanted, but never thought was possible. And we're trying to make it possible. I mean, it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of conversation, but it's been incredible. Yeah. A lot of trust and feeling safe, mm -hmm. you know, to show up as you are. I think that's a really interesting way to look at a corporate structure or our more traditional, like top down decision-making. I was involved in a process recently in our community where it took years, but a lot of conversation, like what you're referring to, to kind of change up this idea of like addressing things in our small town from the old way of like presenting a problem to the city council, the city council will review it. They will check the budget. They will vote on it as a council and then it'll get done or it won't get done. And so then what we did was started this framework or didn't start, we used a framework that already existed, but it went to the citizens first, talked to them as many people and as many different like paths of life as we could to hear what was important. And then when a problem does come to city council or better yet, a budget surplus, they can look at what is important to the citizens already and then make decisions that way, rather than putting out fires, it's how can we accentuate, how can we enhance what's already here and honor what is important to our people already. And that sounds very similar to what you're working on with clients to honor the people who are there on the team, recognize what everybody's gifts are, maybe where we have some gaps to fill and use all of that to bring a better whole together. Am mm -hmm. I close in that? 100%. Yeah. It's almost, you almost describe it at the opposite, like start with the community and then work towards the leadership or start with the front lines. And that's exactly, I mean, the, we miss what I saw happening in a lot of the corporate environments I was in was 
the leadership would dream up all these ideas of to address problems that they thought the business was having what without input from the front line on what the real issues were and it felt like one more thing that the front line had to do and so the, to your point exactly like if we're having client service issues let's address that at the front line and then work its way and build upon those things but otherwise we're just piling this mess of things we can never get done because everybody's too stressed out and balls are dropping and things aren't working. Right? And you can't identify priorities that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep. It's just a more holistic way to operate, but it does. That's the hard part, Molly, back to you. You said something earlier about not being productive or like taking a day away. That approach takes a lot of time, a lot of conversation, a lot of discovery um, that will be fruit later because you'll save time, money, and energy in spades on the back end. But getting leaders to wrap their brain around slowing down enough to go through this restoration process of really identifying and getting to the root of things is hard. It's hard to get off the hamster wheel, you know, mm-hmm. and think that things aren't going to fall apart. Ah, uh, yes. And I wonder too if that's like right now at the time of recording like we're obviously living through the great resignation, right? About how, where did our labor force go? Why can we not find people to fill all of these open positions? And this isn't unique to a specific industry or location. It's across the board, a variety of industries, a variety of specialties and all across the nation. And I wonder if it's maybe, uh, is referendum the right word or like just feedback on the way things have gone for so long and People are finally feeling like in this resetting time that they've had that maybe it's time to reset the culture and our work like style and our lifestyle that we've had for decades. Maybe it's time to look at that differently and go through this restoration process on a larger scale. Maybe that's what the great resignation is trying to show us. I, I definitely think so. And those companies, you know, this is, so the companies that are willing to do this work now are really on the leading edge and those mm-hmm. others that are resisting doing it because they have to grow or whatever, then the fallout's going to come later. Like the years from now, they're going to continue to struggle and then it will deteriorate to a point. And that's the sad part of some of the work that we do is like watching these companies that have so much potential to address things now, but they won't until it gets really bad. And then we'll, we don't like to come in. Like that's most of the work that I do is turnaround. I come in when things are really not good. <laughs> we, have to, mm-hmm. we have to build it back up. We want, it's such a joy and blessing to work with companies that are willing to put in the work before the numbers are bad and the people are in a bad place. Um, because that takes way more time and it's just way harder to dig out. But We can't, you know, again, if you're not willing to invite outside perspective or slow down and be discerning and reflective, you don't even, you're not even aware that there's an issue until it gets too bad. Right. So. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more specifically. So we talked about like the, the business, like getting born and bringing people on. We talked about why this might be important for businesses right now. So let's now take it to, let's say a business has decided to bring you on. They want to go through the restoration process with your team. How do you, because you guys offer a lot of different services on a lot of different levels. Like we're talking about speaking at conferences to individualized coaching to like large scale training. So how do you come into a business, assess what they need and then build out 
a framework for them to go forward. Yeah, that I feel, again, I feel like that's part of our secret sauce is that first few months. So we spend a few months in discovery, like just so one-on-one conversations with individuals, group conversations. And, and the, the reason that it takes extra time is because nobody's going to give you the answer as a stranger out of the gate because we haven't established that trust and safety. And so we have to take time to build relationships with their team members. And then um, we start to ask deeper and deeper questions and then finally get to the root of what's really going on there. And often, Molly, it comes back to trust and safety. Like there's not trust and safety on the team. And then being equipped to know how to rebuild that at the executive level. And then at, you know, and then it just spirals through the organization. Um, it's, it, that takes time and energy and forcing people to understand each other and see each other and to look in the mirror at themselves um, and what part of my actions might be sending this mm-hmm. message. And so that, that discovery process is where we start. And then from there, build out a plan. So it might be, well, we have a strategic plan, but we don't have anyone communicating about it. Nobody understands it. People don't think that the right things are on it. Those are things we often discover. So then we have to get back into discussion on alignment, agreement, trust, safety, all those kinds of things. But we build things in phases for all of our clients because we also can't see A to Z. We do A and then what we thought was going to be D is now F. And then we, so, so we kind of build it out like, okay, this is going to be a six month engagement with the end goal of this. And then here's phase one, the discovery phase. And then here's phase two presenting the findings. And then here's phase three and phase four. And we build those all out so that somebody can see what it might look like. But once we get in it, it often changes. And then we we're getting better at really defining the scope of each phase and the role that we play versus the expectations and the role. We always have expectations and roles for our clients to play so that it's very clear what the beginning, middle, and end of this phase looks like and what success looks like out of that phase so that then we're ready to move into a new phase or project, if you want to call it that. That's been critical because we've done a couple where it's been longer-term engagements and it wasn't clearly defined and expectations for each party weren't clearly defined and it got messy. And so we've been really disciplined about, again, coming back to that regroup. Okay, what are we seeing? What are we hearing? What do we need to do next? Let's clarify that, put a number to it and an investment of time and a timeline and then move forward. Yep. I think that as like, whether you're in a corporate setting or a small business setting or like a solopreneur setting, what you just talked through about defining scope and learning as you go, and then making those adjustments and changes along the way is critical to any business, right? Like you can come in and be the most planned out person and expect like this target's going to get hit here. And this benchmark is going to be met here. And I'm going to tell this person to do something and then they're going to do it and follow through. Like you can come in with the best plans and the best intentions, but when you're focused on working with the people, which is what so many of our businesses come back to, even if you're a product-based business, you need to be like focused on your people, right? So when we're focused on people, there are so many different things that we cannot control and having that flexibility, but then learning as you guys referred to, and you are better equipped to understand going forward, you come with this wisdom and maturity 
that informs what you do as you grow the business, which I think is super important. Yeah. It's, it's hard for people to wrap their brain around because you can't see it beginning to end. But I think that's what we're learning is there is no magic bullet. And that's not the way the world works. The world changes so fast that we only know what today looks like. So we've got to have that regroup feedback loop process in place. And we know this works because we're doing it. This is how we're running our own business and we're practicing what we preach. Um, and we see the fruits of it every day. So that gives us more confidence. It's like, I know you're not going to understand this, but just trust me, this is what we need to do. (laughs) Yep. And do you guys notice, like, does it help the buy-in when you take this time for the discovery and you get everybody on the team kind of informed of the process? Does that help with the eventual outcome because you have everybody brought together and you have buy-in? 100%. Yeah. And just, um, then they start to see it more, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's how we explain it. This is a process. This is not an end. So just be in it with us. And then through the first like two weeks, they're like, oh, I didn't know that. It's like, that's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing mm-hmm. oh, So awesome. And we could talk about this for like, I am so interested in this because I think it's just like the human psychology. Like it's just a whole course in like, how do people work and why do they do the things that they do? I think it's just so fascinating. And especially when you're bringing people together towards a common goal or bringing a team together, like you guys are working with, like you have to account for people's personal values and their personal struggles and the personal story they've got going on and their skills and talents, as well as their weaknesses in order to get everybody to your goal. And I remember when I was in college, I worked for a restaurant chain. It was a national chain. And I remember getting hired and the general manager was like, okay, you leave your personal stuff at the door. When you walk through the front door and show up for your shift, you could be so sad about like your boyfriend breaking up with you. But when you're here, you're here. And I don't want to see your personal stuff. And like, I think I needed that at the time. Cause I was just like an 18 year old. Like I was learning the ways of the world, but also I look back and I'm like, you know, I mean, not to, and I loved my manager. I don't, he wasn't like a hard ass or anything, but I just like, I think about that sometimes. And I'm like that expectation that isn't not just that restaurant chain, but across the board, it's sometimes unattainable and it can really impact the not only productivity of your team, but also how closely connected your team can come. Yeah, 100%. And there's a difference between, we're not saying like, bring all your baggage and talk about it at work, you know, but it's like, you have to honor that it's there no matter what. And then learn, we equip people with the tools. How do I deal with this? And how do I recognize that it's impacting my interaction? So if I'm coming in on a day where I just had a fight with my husband and I have a huge decision to make, Maybe I'm not making that decision on my own, or maybe I'm not making that decision today. You know, just those kind of self-awareness, self-control practices mm-hmm. are so important. Nobody teaches us that. And like mm-hmm. the only reason I know these things is because I've been in therapy since I was 11. And that's what I started to recognize. Like, oh, this is why I'm good at the people stuff. Cause I've been in therapy so long and nobody knows the coping skills and the practices that I have learned over all of these years of therapy that's what we're really bringing in to um, the workplace is those, how do I deal with humans and people um, in a sustainable way? And I I think a lot of companies, to your point, Molly, they're scared that if we 
talk about this, it's going to turn into a cry fest or some kumbaya weird stuff. And it's like, <laughs> that's not at all what we're doing here. Not at all. But you're we, not walking clients across hot coals no, or like no. singing around a bonfire. <laughs> no. no, no, no. Yeah. We still talk business, but we also have to honor what those reactions and, you know, and the views through which you see this choice or this conversation um, are so that we can honor that and just that you say it out loud and then we lay it down and we move on versus being sucked into it. I think that's what, like, even in our own fears and our own problems, we think that if we actually um, look at them or address them, that we're going to get sucked into this dark hole of despair or scary stuff. And it's quite the opposite. Once you say it out loud, like I'm a victim of domestic violence. Once I said that out loud, the weight of all of that just went away. You know, it, you actually become free once you have the space. And so it's just, I don't know, I'm not even making sense, but, no. but you, you being able to tell your boss, like, Hey, I'm not having the best day. You don't even have to say what it's about. That gives space for grace that then we're not having weird arguments or resentment or those feelings and wondering where they're coming from. You just know, and then you move on with your day and it's not a problem. Oh, yes. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you two more questions and then we're going to start to wrap this up. But first question, what is a time that you had a client and both of you can answer this separately or together? It doesn't matter. When did you have an example of a client who you worked with that really demonstrated that idea of courageous leadership or leading with love? And it really made you say, wow, this is right where I'm supposed to be right now. Ooh, I've been talking so much, so I'm going to let Brooke, <laughs> uh, I get so amped up. There are a lot of those examples. Um, I think one for me, um, early on in my coaching career, um, there was a woman who, um, she was a leader of an organization and I knew in the middle of one of her early sessions it's like you saw the light bulb go off and she had made a connection with something that she had been believing to be true. That was a complete lie. Right. And her facing that was like, wow, I had never thought about it in that way. And how many relationships and things I could have saved, mm. right? Had I had this knowledge early on in my career, early on in my life. And it's just so amazing and so powerful to witness people showing up and consciously connecting to like what's in here and owning who I am so I can show up as my best self and live a meaningful life, you know, as a coworker, as a colleague, mm -hmm. as a partner, as a spouse as a parent, you know, whatever it might be. We talked about this idea of, um, just to reiterate in a framework, what Brooke just said, we, we talk about typical courage versus radical courage and typical courage is we become aware of something and then we avoid it. And then it becomes anxiety. Like right in our, in our world, it's like, shove that down, just push past it, whatever versus radical courage being what she just said. I become aware I acknowledge it and accept it. And then I take action on it. I, I move forward in a different way. 
that's that conscious awareness that that takes so much freaking courage to say, oh my gosh, I was wrong. Or I've been believing this thing for so long that has been a part of my values and belief systems that isn't true. That takes a lot of guts. Yeah. And having that knowledge of it, like you alluded to Brooke is just a game changer then going forward. Mm -hmm. So helpful. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm really excited to ask. What are some programs and some opportunities that you have? Cause I know you've got some cool things coming up for the end of 2021 and into 2022. What are some cool opportunities you have for people who maybe listened and they're like, I think this is what I need. How are you looking to support clients going forward in the next few months? Yeah. Um, So in addition to, of course, individual coaching, group coaching, all of the things that we've already mentioned um, throughout the call here, um, we are launching our Courageous Leadership Workshops, um, which we're really excited about. We have been asked continually for opportunities to connect um, with other leaders in the corridor. And so we're providing this opportunity um, Monday, December 13th at Indian Creek Nature Center is the inaugural Mm -hmm. event. Um, from 8.30 to 10 a.m. It is free for leaders to participate. Um, There'll be a little bit of networking and then about an hour of content, discussion, and facilitation by Lindsay and I. Intentional Insights, do you want to talk about Intentional Insights? Yeah, so we've been running a program this last year online in the Zoom environment um, that's been 45 minutes. So the Courageous Leadership Workshops are really targeted at people who have leadership experience And what we're going to be focused on is these conscious leadership practices that you can bring back to your team. And so um, that's kind of for leaders. And then we wanted to bring um, the intentional insights is 45 minutes of intentional conscious conversation about things that cross personal and professional. So these are for anybody, but really, um, you know, from a corporate standpoint, our hope is you would bring maybe frontline team members that don't get a lot of leadership development, but have They might be high potentials that could be leaders in the future. That's really for those types of people. Or if you self-select as a leader, then you're participating. It's 45 minutes of more of a roundtable type conversation. That we're transitioning um, to in-person. We, again, because we've been listening to our people and they're like, we need more. We just want to be together and make those connections. So we will be transitioning that. That's probably going to be more over lunch that we'll do that. And the format will change a bit because it was a lot more um, everyone participate and we won't be able to do that in a big group. Um, But we're going to do that and possibly transition that into a self-learning platform so that if somebody likes these concepts, um, they can kind of just listen to Brooke and I uh, work through them. And then we have worksheets and things that go along with that. And then we we just did our first women's retreat, um, went way better than ever could have expected. I mean, I was just a bawling mess. And that's awesome. Especially for the first time through it. That's a great feeling to come out with. It was incredible. So we're going to be doing that at least um, one more time. Well, probably twice in 2022. So maybe spring Brooks pushing us to do it sooner than that. Now that we have the format and everything down. So stay tuned for that. And then the last thing, empowerment communities. So this would be us carefully curating a group of eight to 10 people that want to focus, they have maybe a common um, focus for the group and doing some group coaching um, in this uh, 
will be in person, but maybe like once a month mm -hmm. format. So again, around conscious leadership practices. So working on ourselves and working on how do we bring conscious leadership practices into our workplace. But I think Brooke and I have realized that our secret sauce is we know a lot of people and we get people and we're good matchmakers. And so we want to start carefully curating some of these groups. And then with the intention of coach and facilitate for maybe a year and then watch them solidify and hopefully spin off and do amazing things as um, groups and stay in touch. So that's, mm -hmm. that's, as we're saying it out loud, I'm like, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff, but that's awesome. That's so exciting. And especially as your team is growing, like just thinking about how that opens doors and allows you to connect with more people in more ways is just, it's so exciting. That's awesome. So if anyone is interested in the things you've got coming up, where can they connect with you? How can they find you to learn more or even register? Our website is our go-to for all of those things, learning about opportunities, registering for opportunities um, and things like that, or just reaching out if you have questions and want um, to talk more. Which and is the-restorationproject.com or hyphen, I always say dash, but people correct. And me. I think like, just to plug your website a little bit more too, like there are some free resources there that people can kind of walk through if they want to get like, feel out your vibe, see your style. I love what you guys have there for the free resources for visitors too. Thank yeah. you. And then of course, follow us on the social medias of which Molly has helped us so much with <laughs> strategy on that. So thank you so much. Um, we're Yay. on both Facebook and Instagram, the restoration project. Yeah. And I like Molly, I know this is your show, but I just can't tell you enough. Like our everyone is like, you guys are everywhere and I love what you're doing. And I've had just three people this week. The stuff you're putting out is, it matters. It's like making a difference in my life. And so thank you for helping us. Cause you're, once you got involved, it just like went to the next level immediately. It was yeah. awesome. You've yeah. been a Well, and kind of like what you guys were talking about with what you do with clients, like all I had to do was see all the things that you offered. And then we figured out how to share that. And with the intention, you guys were very clear at the beginning that you wanted this space that you occupy online to feel good, to feel like it's an uplifting place, to feel like it's got resources and tools so you can take positive action. And so with that, we were able to build a strategy that didn't feel like you were recreating the wheel and it didn't feel like you were stepping outside of what your intentions were. We just looked at what you already did and put it on a calendar. And I'm simplifying that a lot, but like yes. we're looking at what you did and put it on a calendar and there you go. <laughs> yeah. You're amazingly gifted at what you do. And we yes. are grateful to be working with you. Well, yeah. thank you. I appreciate that. Like shameless plug. <laughs> All right. We are almost at time. So I'm going to go through the small talk round, which is where I just ask random questions and we'll keep it kind of short so that we honor your time. But First question out the gate. What is a book you've read recently or a podcast you've listened to that you were like, or TV show, movie, whatever, a piece of pop culture you've consumed that you're like, whoa, everybody needs to know about this. Podcast for me that I've listened to several times since um, was Super Soul Sunday, Oprah Winfrey and Martha Beck talking about Martha's new book, The Way of Integrity. Oh, I haven't heard of that. That's It was so good. Yeah, we incorporate a lot of work from that 
oh, concepts from that book and that podcast into the work that we do. Yeah. Um, I would say John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm. Uh, I have listened to it on Audible three times. Again, other, we're using a lot of those similar concepts. Um, you know, he, he talks about spiritual disciplines, um, but we are applying those same sim- similar concepts into the work world to help me be more of a conscious leader. I feel like I could use that in my personal realm too, as I reflect on the morning we had here and my girls decided to take a 30 minute shower and I'm like, we got to get to school. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like I could use that on a personal level. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. All right. Let's say that you guys have an hour of free time in the middle of a Thursday. What are you going to do to occupy that space? Read a book or go for a hike hike for sure. I love that. The power of like the outdoors. Then, then I'm booking it. But if it's not reading, I'm out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awesome. Um, tell me what was your first job growing up? Detasseling. (laughs) Small town, right? Love it. (laughs) Yep. I mean, I babysat, but my first real job was manning the crosswalk at the pool. Oh my gosh. That sounds like (laughs) such, (laughs) that was a rigorous work schedule you had there, Lindsay. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, cause our, seems like your talents could have been better (laughs) utilized. (laughs) Well, Hey, I got a suntan. I got to see all my friends. Like it was a win-win because the the pool to get to the pool, if you walked, you had to cross the major highway in town. So we had to have crossing guards, but we got to sit out there I don't know how they let us do this. We got to sit out there in our bikinis on the <laughs> for a crossing guard duty. Yes. It's like, what in the world? Were you asking people like sneak Chico sticks through the fence? Like yeah. hey, <laughs> <give me a> quarter. <laughs> is I it pool break? Yeah. I eventually became a lifeguard. Like I just, we were pool rats growing up. We were always at the pool. So I wanted to be a lifeguard, but you had to be 15 to get lifeguard mm. training. And I could cross guard at 14. So and that was a very important job. I was just poking fun, but very important job. It was. You kept the kids safe. Saving lives. Yep. Saving lives. <laughs> My bikini. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. If you could leave the listeners with one step they could take to improve their work life, what would be the step you'd encourage them to take today? Stop period. <laughs> Just stop what you're doing every now and then and connect to yourself. Yeah. Oh, become more good. aware, conscious. Yeah. I, it, um, to get more specific, I would say when I started in taking the first, like even 10 minutes of a day to get here organized, more intentional about what I was going to do my whole world changed. Ladies, I love that. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm so excited to see where all of these new opportunities and offers take you in the future. And I would just like double and triple tell people to go follow you guys on Instagram and Facebook so that they can just even extract a little bit of your knowledge because it's so good. But thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Molly, we, this has been so fun. We love you so much. Feelings mutual thing. <laughs>
Okay, guys. Before we go any further, we need to talk about something personal. Your dinner. (laughs) I'm not sure about you, but fall and winter are busy at our house between chicken chores, shuttling the kids to school, and activities and therapy, harvest, working, and laundry. My God, the laundry. Some nights, I don't start dinner until 6 o'clock, and on nights like these, I'm lucky to have a friend who makes mealtime a little bit easier for our family of six. My friend Lindsay at Chilled Freezer Meals helps make dinner simple and convenient while using whole ingredients that you can feel good about putting on your table. Chilled offers fully frozen meals for local pickup and home delivery to communities throughout eastern Iowa, and she also ships meal bundles nationwide. They have convenient options for conventional meals, including quick prep ideas for the crock pot or the instant pot, as well as choices for those following a gluten-friendly or keto lifestyle. With budget-friendly options and sizes from single serve to portions for large families like mine, they've got something to fit your budget and your needs, even for those picky palates like the ones you find at my house. We love the breakfast burritos. They make our mornings a dream and her single serve meal packs that are just perfectly portioned for those work from home lunches or even days when my kids are out of school. If you're more likely to find yourself cooking your meals this winter, Lindsay and her team also offer a range of digital products to help meal planning easier and make it a little more accessible so you can get dinner on the table without a lot of fuss. Visit chilledfreezermeals.com slash pages slash small-minded to see what Lindsay and her team have in store for you. And to sweeten the deal, if you're a first-time customer, you can get 10% off your first order by using promo code small-minded at checkout. Again, that's chilledfreezermeals.com slash pages slash small-minded. And you first-time customers can get 10% off your order using the promo code small-minded. And if you'd like to hear a little bit more about Lindsay's story and how she's grown chilled, head to episode 56 of the Small-Minded Podcast to hear a little bit more about Lindsay and this amazing chilled freezer meals business. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small minded.